It's only entertainment. Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. Today, we got Kat Glugowski, angel investor and attorney, to talk to us about how Canada is getting uh, giving out $2 million in federal funding to a Canadian cannabis nursery. And since that's not available in the U.S., we're also going to talk about how to choose a cannabis investor to get yourself some money, too. To help us do that, Katrina, or Kat, she's on the been here with us for a while and she's back again kat thanks for being with us at the talking hedge appreciate you being back with us thanks josh yeah so let's dive into this little article about um a canadian cannabis nursery getting two million dollars in federal funding that's pretty rare there's a saskatchewan cannabis nursery called mother's labs who secured 1.8 million canadian dollars in federal funding uh, showing how Canada's cannabis industry can benefit from government financing at a time when capital is scarce. The investment in Mother Labs, the federal uh, agency, is called Prairies Economic Development Canada, or Prairie Can. They announced in late June, just I think last week, that alongside 10 other companies were going to get funding. Uh, and again, selling equity or raising funds in a private lender is particularly difficult in the cannabis sector, making this kind of a very unique situation, something that doesn't have, uh, we don't have that option in the U.S. Um, but it's coming from uh, the form of an interest-free loan that's meant to match the company, match the funds from the company. So they have a three-year window to execute the project using those funds, followed by a five-year repayment period. So the loan is interest-free as long as the payments are made on time. Um, I'm sure it's, it, they said it's, it's an arduous process. I can only imagine that application process is, is ridiculous. Um, but nonetheless, it's, it's available and it's there. Um, and the, this is just one of seven regional development agencies that falls within this um, innovation, science, and economic development ministry to kind of help uh, companies and businesses, uh, cannabis just being one of those. What we're kind of seeing is, is companies coming in and treating cannabis just like any other agricultural commodity. Um, we're obviously going to have to wait for federal legalization for this, Cat. Isn't that right? Like, what's, what's your take on when this could happen in the U.S.? I don't see it happening in cannabis uh, at the federal level anytime soon. Uh, they're still debating whether or not to cover hemp under crop insurance. Uh, it is a crop. It's an industrial crop. And they're struggling to get crop insurance for hemp, which is federally legal. Uh, now you want to overlay cannabis on top of that. I don't think that you're going to see any uh, federal government sponsored programs anytime soon. Uh, I, I think the closest thing we have in the United States is the social equity programs where states, counties, and even city level governments are uh, supporting or providing some type of assistance to uh, individuals under these social equity programs. Uh, and that's a discussion for another day, whether they're successful, uh, but that's the closest thing I can equate to what they're doing in Canada. Mm -hmm. So it's going to take probably a couple of years after federal legalization. They, I think Canada has been federally legal for at least two, two and a half, something like that. A couple of years, and this is now just starting to come out. <clears throat> so there's um, examples of some government grants 
So that's not just a loan, but a grant is, is money that they just give to you. There's other uh, contributions for cannabis specifically. That includes a $100,000 contribution towards an automated pre-roll machine, uh, which I find interesting because that's something I've been looking at and working on for mm -hmm. a long time. Um, there's a $50,000 contribution from an agricultural and agri-food Canada to help Ontario's cultivator called Glasshouse Botanicals achieve a certification for a European medical sales. And then there's 2.9 million contribution uh, for British Columbia producer Tantalus Labs for a greenhouse expansion from Western di diversification uh, and to get into British Columbia and Alberta and Saskatchewan. So there's other government grants and um, cannabis industry contributions that have been given out since the, the pandemic. Uh, and that's going to be pretty big for a lot of these companies that don't have, you know, $100,000 for pre-roll machine, for example, uh, to try and develop something there. So it's very, very unique the, situation. The, grant, the provision of grants and loans to cannabis companies in Canada is very interesting. First, it shows that the Canadian government stands behind the legalization and they support the legalization. Uh, and they're showing that support with dollars. Uh, but it also shows you the continuing problem that cannabis companies and cannabis related business companies have raising money because of the banking issues. Uh, so the Canadian government said, all right, will help you directly. And I think it's great for the cannabis industry to have such support of their government. Yeah, one of the bigger Canadian government contributions was um, a 5.4 million contribution from Prairie Can to an Alberta-based uh, biopharma to increase their manufacturing capacity. Uh, so not bad. But if you are in the U.S. and you don't have those options yet, Here's a few ways on how to choose a cannabis investor. Number one is uh, interest. 10 ways to measure uh, how to structure your, your assessment of finding an investor. Number one being the interest. Does your gut tell you that the investor is in it for the long haul or more interested in a quick uh, approach? So we call that dumb money. If the, the, the investor is not going to help you, you probably want to move on. You want to find somebody who has more than just money that's going to uh, help you scale. Correct. Um, number two on that list is is mission. So, what is your firm's mission? Some folks, uh, you know, might only want an ESG, less environmental social governance, or a social responsible investing. And if you're out there as an unapologetic capitalist and all you want to do is make money, it's probably not the right fit. So, you want to make sure that you're in the right mission. If you're out there seeking investment for cannabis and they only are looking at petroleum, not the right fit. You got to make sure you're on the on the right mission. Uh, and I think that's a, a big thing is trying to get on the right page with with the investor, right? Just like you're making friends, you want to have something in common. Same thing, same concept. Yes, you certainly don't want to be a boutique, you know, craft brand with an investor who wants to get a multi-state operation going. Uh, the values aren't aligned. So, yes, make sure your mission aligns with your investor. Right. And another kind of thing that couples with that is investment philosophy or intent. So again, looking at your mission statement or your views um, or your strategic relationship, all of that, it kind of has to be in line. 
Um, number four is, is force multiplication. So a force multiplier, uh, military term applied to factors that increase um, potential. So this, um, if you want to relate it to financial intent, do you see the potential for your prospective investor to be a force multiplier? Kind of what we mentioned just a, a moment ago, where uh, you don't want that dumb money. You want somebody that's going to help you to find other partnerships or um, scale, expand, whatever it is that you're trying to do. You want uh, them to to be um, uh, a, a force to be reckoned with and, and help you to um, improve that much faster like an accelerator would. Right. Uh, traditionally, you're looking to an investor to provide you connections, uh, be it marketing connections, be it sales connections, be it you know, accounting, uh, legal, uh, something. Uh, what does the investor bring to the table outside of just dollars, Josh? Mm -hmm. At number five on this, uh, how to find a, a, the right investor is the mosaic approach, describing how a firm can collect bits of information and how they blend those into a mosaic that helps identify good investments, like how your investor approach they help you understand that evaluation and the firm and how they arrive at the value for your company. Uh, knowing their mosaic process can help you negotiate the terms of investment in a positive way. Agreed. Nice approach. Yeah. Basically just looking and doing some research, finding out what they want and then tailoring uh, what you need based on what they want. Uh, having patience is uh, definitely something that you need. You're going to hear no a lot. You hear that from every single success story and how they heard no a lot. So patience uh, has a, a longer horizon than capital. Uh, you have to wait for the right partner, no doubt. Um, and that's going with the, the right fit. So the evolving industry needs to have the right fit for somebody. If, if you have a retail investor and you're on the production side, probably not the right fit. Uh, there's all too often that people are running in to try to get cash and not really looking at the right opportunities. Not every opportunity is the right opportunity and not every person is the right fit. 100%, Josh. Valuation is something that we've laughed about a lot on this podcast. You and I, about $420 million valuations and just crazy um, crazy situations and, and it can be very delicate. So if you're growing a company, having the right valuation, it's kind of like home prices right now. If your house is priced accurately, it will sell quickly. If your house is priced 15 or 20% above current market value, no one's going to look at it. So houses will sell quickly if it's priced right. The valuation of your company is the same thing. If you have an arbitrary number like 420, you're going to probably get sued eventually. Having the right valuation is going to make everything a lot cleaner. This is a sticking point for so many entrepreneurs and, of course, investors, Josh. When you come in, I have a drawing on a napkin. I've never had a single sale, and my company is worth $100 million. Uh, I mean, you just blow credibility out of the water. Uh, it, so I would caution anyone... Uh, either an entrepreneur or an investor to really look at valuation. Right. And when you're looking at an investor, they may want to have a board seat. And so there has to be the right blend or the right fit again. So requiring a board seat or past investments, do they fit with the existing board and vision? Are they inclined to focus on strategic matters or get involved in management? Or are they just um, off doing their own thing? You have to have to have the right people involved and have that right blend. Agreed. And then uh, decision time. 
So once everything is figured out and uh, you're ready to go or no go, and you have a green light, you all have to be on the same page for negotiations um, and and be real with yourself. If, if it's not the time to move forward, you need to have people who are going to tell that to your face and be real with you. So having the right investors and the right proposals to fit your needs, all looking to uh, move in unison is, is important. And um, being on the same page with timing is, is absolutely critical. Yeah. Uh, simply put, Josh, uh, investing for both the entrepreneur and the investor is a type of marriage. Uh, are you are your values aligned? Can you be in the same room with this person? Can you have disagreements and resolve the disagreements without letting them fester? Uh, in a lot a lot of ways, it is a marriage, and you should approach the business arrangement very carefully because it can be very very hard to get out of it, just like a divorce. Mm-hmm. It's not easy finding federal funding, but there are programs out there, especially if you're Canadian, nothing out there if you're American yet, but uh, keep a lookout. So with that, I think we're going to have to roll this one up. I want to thank my guest, Kat Glogowski, angel investor and attorney. Kat, thanks again for being with us at The Talking Hedge. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, my name is Leah Babrudi, and I'm the founder and host of Chicks Podcast, where I discuss cannabis, psychedelics, and other natural medicines. I not only interview people who use them as treatment for different conditions, but also the entrepreneurs who share their knowledge on how they built their businesses. If this sounds interesting to you, give my show a listen. I'm sure you'll learn something that'll surprise you.